You're listening to Bodyful, a podcast that explores the wonder and complexities of living in this human form and how we can engage in an ongoing practice of bodyfulness to become more fully at home in ourselves and in the interconnected web of Gaia, the living earth. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and I'm the founder of the Gaia Center for Embodied Healing, where we support folks in their growth and healing work with somatic psychotherapy and embodiment practices. We hear all the time about the importance of being mindful, and it's time to invite our bodies to the party. Welcome to Bodyful. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Bodyful. You will probably hear some leaves crunching under my feet as I'm recording this. It's late October, such a gorgeous time here in Tennessee as a native Texan. I'm still just in awe of having seasons (laughs) and this beautiful fall color. It's just such a wonderful time to be outside. So I am really excited for our guest today. I actually just yesterday went to a boxing studio here in Nashville called Punches and Bunches, where he works with his partner, um, his boxing partner, and it was a really, really cool place to be in. As someone who's like never been into sports, unless you count like gymnastics, cheerleading, um, Peloton, (laughs) working out in that kind of way. Um, I really felt something powerful in that gym. Like I could see the people there, all ages, all colors and shapes and sizes, uh, just connecting with their inner strength. It reminded me, and I told Cleveland after uh, we met, I was like, have you watched Cobra Kai? Because if you've seen it, you know that it's a lot about kind of helping young people find themselves through the sport of karate, not boxing, but you know, similar kind of message, similar vibe that I got sort of being in that space. And as someone who's not been in spaces like that, I just really felt that palpably. It was really, really cool. Um, so also the cool thing was we were scheduled to meet and then I thought like literally the night before I was like, I would love to have Cleveland on the podcast, but it was too late to send him a message and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? So I thought, well, I'll just bring my gear and if he's up for it, we'll do it. So literally just like surprised him with, Hey, do you want to do this literally right now? (laughs) And he was down for it. So we just set up um, the gear in the back office of the boxing gym. So some of it will be probably edited out with my editing software, but you will still probably hear some nice ambient noise from the gym, which I think just makes it all the more real. And then at the end, you'll also hear him take me into the gym. I had to go into the ring, which I was, he was like, I want you to feel this canvas under your feet. I was like, okay. Um, literally, you know, 
10 minutes prior in the interview, I called it a rink, like a skating rink. So that's how much I know about boxing. (laughs) But he made it very approachable and I felt strong, even though it was really hard. Like the mental exercise of it truly was like, okay, I know how to do each of these moves individually. But then when he's kind of doing you know, coming at me with this move or this move, I have to think immediately what to do. So, wow, as someone who really values sort of the presence and mindfulness, and really that's a perfect example of bodyfulness, of really present embodiment, uh, it was hard. I could really see it being a valuable skill set to develop just for everyday awareness and intentionality because so much of the time in change work that I talk about with clients or that I'm working on myself so much comes back to the awareness in the moment the awareness to have that pause between stimulus and response and that level of awareness that you have to develop to be skillful in something like boxing could be so useful for that day-to-day presence and being able to consciously choose our words, our actions, rather than sort of falling into the autopilot of normal life. So highly recommend. I don't know what my future looks like (laughs) with boxing, but I am going to try it out and Cleveland is going to have our whole team come out from the Gaia Center um, sometime soonish. So really looking forward to that. And without further ado, let me tell you a little more about Cleveland. Cleveland Hughes is a boxing coach and the developer of the Healing Mitts Intentional Boxing Training System. In 2009, a therapist suggested to Cleveland that he try boxing to help him cope with anxiety and depression. He noticed the life lessons he was learning in therapy also applied in boxing and vice versa. Through deep inner work, he gained the skills necessary to fight back against his mental health issues and trauma. He knew he wanted to help people heal through the sport of boxing. With 15 years of experience coaching boxing, and additional education on trauma-informed best practices, Cleveland developed Healing Mitts to help empower people struggling with mental health issues. He's proud to be a trauma-informed boxing coach and mental health advocate. He currently offers group and private coaching in person in Miami and Nashville, soon fully relocating to Nashville, as well as coaching online. You can learn more about Healing Mitts at healingmittsboxing.com, And the website is a little bit of a work in progress, still under construction, more coming soon. You can also book a virtual or in-person session with Cleveland at the website or through a DM on Instagram at clevelandh.boxing, where he shares tips and resources on boxing and mental health. All right, let's get into the interview with Cleveland Hughes. So before we push record, you were just saying that in Miami, it's been hard to get much traction with the mental health stuff specifically. Yeah. People have other priorities, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just uh, this place gives me more like a Midwestern <laughs> Southern vibe. Yeah. Where people actually want to listen to you. 
And the problem in Miami means that that general area is the scam capital of the world. Wow. So someone is always trying to get something out of people. Yeah. And so when you get a random email from somebody like myself, they don't even want to hear what you're selling. They don't want to hear about what you got going on. Yeah. And you were said earlier that you've been trying to make noise about trauma in the fitness industry for a while. And and it's tough because yeah. all the things that work against that, like all the diet culture stuff and just yeah. there's not a lot of encouragement for that personal autonomy. Yeah. Like, I'm your coach. I tell you what to do. Yeah. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> I started diving real deep. I started thinking about this. Most of the people are educated now through what they hear through advertising. Mm-hmm. And that is not, they're not facts. Right. It's just, I'm trying to get you to buy my shit. <laughs> That's really what it is. Yeah. The noise level the amount of attention that the advertising gets versus the real information. Like who goes and reads scientific journals about things? Right. Nobody. Yeah. Well, they read articles that are right. marketing. Exactly. Like somebody paid to have that or they SEO their way into that position to where they can educate you about something and then sell your product. Mm-hmm. But people take that as fact, right? Like, oh, I need this pre-workout supplement. Because I read this thing online, it's like, hmm. No, you don't need Who wrote that? <laughs> I've been working out my whole life. I've never used pre-workout, <laughs> ever. Most I've ever done is electrolytes before a workout, uh, maybe a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was at a comedy show the other day, and one of the comedians was saying, he's like, I uh, took some pre-workout recently. I had a panic attack. Yeah. And I was like, don't yeah. mess around with this yeah. stuff. Know what you're putting in your body. Like, right? A lot of them was like six, seven, eight hundred milligrams of caffeine. And it's like, if you've never had it before, normal people will freak out. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like cocaine light. Yeah. Like, really don't cool. need all that. No, no. Yeah. I really don't need that. At the end of the day, how far do we need to go mm-hmm. in order to take care of ourselves? Like, right. We really have to lie to people. Mm-hmm. We have to manipulate yeah, people's arms. Yeah, the the fitness slash wellness industrial complex. I mean, it's a real thing. Doing things that come from a good place, like wanting to do good. Right. Obviously wanting to be paid mm-hmm. and to be fed and not have to worry about bills <laughs> and things like that is part of it. Mm-hmm. So finding people that are just like about the practice and like back to the basics. Yeah. So I would love to hear what brought you to boxing in the first place. So back in high school. I think I was struggling with anxiety and depression all the way through, but I had sport. So I played basketball, played football, played a bunch of sports, hung out with friends, all these little things that are somewhat therapeutic mm. and kind of help you help you cope. I had a village around. Mm-hmm. And then after high school, I somewhat became isolated mm. and I was away from that. So I wasn't playing sports anymore. I wasn't going to school. I was just, you know, I got a job at Starbucks. I was like working at Starbucks and jumping around trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. I hated school. I hated school. It wasn't for me. And I just fell into a depression. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I knew I was depressed is that I didn't want to leave the house. So I'm like in my parents' basement and sitting there days, 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 nights. Go to work, come home, do nothing else. Sit on the video games, do nothing. And I started to think to myself, something about this isn't right. This isn't right. So I started reading and started going through books and stuff like that. I actually read, this might be funny for everyone. I read Tony Robbins, uh, Unleashed. Oh, Tony. The, I know. The Jaya Within. At least the Jaya. <laughs> it was good. It, yeah, sure. It's a good starting point, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a good starting point. And I was like, well, I think I need professional help. Yeah. So I started seeing therapists. Cool. So this is how I got into boxing, through therapy. 
So I started going to therapy and my therapist listened to me. He's like, you seem pretty healthy, but you're missing your village. You're missing your support systems. He's like, well, if you can't play college ball, you don't like school anyway, try boxing. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So I gave it a shot. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And did you fall in love with it immediately or it was like intimidating or? I think I'm on the side of brave. Kind of more of a brave person. Some people say I'm impulsive. You're a Gryffindor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I loved it right from right from the beginning. It was it was like it was right back. I was right back in sport again, yeah. hitting the bag and being coached and yeah, you know, for people that are depressed, sometimes silence is kind well, of a bad thing yeah. for me at least. Yeah, especially when we think about all the nervous system stuff, yeah. right? Like if you're on that hypo aroused side of like you're in lethargic dorsal vagal shutdown you need something to bring you up exactly and it's interesting because when i was going to therapy and going to the boxing gym i noticed i was learning the same things except in the boxing gym i was learning it in code this is what got me so deep into the mental health side and boxing is because i had to decode what it was that my coaches were saying to me they would say things very vaguely hey man you need to relax and i'm like well can you give me a how to relax (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you say relax, what do you mean? Right. And so, like I said, I was learning it in code. And over the last 15 years or so, I've decoded what it was that I was learning in both worlds, mm-hmm. just different language. Yeah. You can kind of translate all of the wonderful things that a person could take away from boxing. But if you code them in that particular way, they're going to maybe help someone be better able to take that stuff out into the world. Exactly. When we started working this healing mitts thing, we created a language so that we could translate what was actually going on inside. It's like, hey, this guy is going to try to hit you in the face, but you need to tap into what we call a relaxed intensity. You can't be too excited and you can't be too too chill. Too chill. <laughs> You got to be somewhere in the middle because yeah. that's where it's safe. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's that social engagement system, right? Right. Middle, right? right in the middle. So yeah. You can be alert, but mm. you don't need to be hypervigilant. You don't need to be overstimulated. The system is basically a language. Decoded from learning what I learned in therapy and learning boxing and bringing them together. And how long were you doing boxing before you were starting to realize like, oh, this is really helping me. This is shifting my own depression, my mood. As soon as I started, I started feeling better. Now, the higher level of awareness Mm -hmm. came more as I developed in my own personal life. Going to a boxing gym, how do I say this? It's kind of street. It's kind of a tough environment. It's a tough love environment. No one's there because they don't want to be there. No one's forced to box. Yeah, they got a reason. You got a real reason why you want to be there. And I never stopped. 15 years straight, I've been just doing this. I think it was a few years in that I had really developed a love and a passion. And I saw what it had done for me on more of a mental, mind, body, spirit level. Yeah. Took some time. Yeah, right. And it's like you have to really do the deep work yourself before then it's like, wait a minute. I want to help other people have this too, right? (laughs) Exactly. It's that own personal transformation story, that hero's journey that we all go through, that when we see other people struggling, we can see ourselves. I think that's where it's at for me. When I see other people struggling, I'm like, yeah, I'm just there. And I got a feeling for what it is that you're going through. 
And when I was there, this is what I did. Now, is this of any value to you? Because at the end of the day, my journey is mine. Theirs is theirs. We might have similar struggles. Everyone's different and unique. But like I said, the language that we use and we teach, it helps them develop these skills that if they really want to do the work, then it definitely helps. So you were into boxing for a while. At some point you went, I want to bring this to people in a particular way. Or were you already an instructor for a while before you decided to bring in the trauma piece? Yeah, now the trauma piece, it took some time. I probably started probably a year year or so in the boxing gym. I was like, this is what I'm doing. I got a personal training certification. I was the strength and conditioning coach for the boxing team. I was the assistant boxing coach. I was all about it. And at that time, it was just competition, teaching guys how to punch each other. And later on, probably somewhere around the time that I moved to Chicago, I wanted more. I wanted to see people transform the way that I did. Not just their physical fitness, but like their minds. I wanted to do something to help them that would be something that they could use in their everyday life. Like forever. (laughs) And that's when I started really diving deep into the therapeutic side of boxing. Mm-hmm. When I say that, for anybody listening, I say that I'm not saying that boxing is therapy because I just feel like that's kind of disrespectful to all the therapists and the psychologists and everyone that, that dedicate their, their lives and they invested all this money in education and licensure and all the things they do to build their business to help people. But I do believe that it is therapeutic. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And especially when you're doing it in this really intentional way, because, you know, what you were saying earlier about if someone doesn't have that knowledge and that intention, then they really might want to be helping people and they might be helping people get really strong and really tough physically, but they might be saying things that are actually detrimental to someone's like mental health or empowerment, right? Exactly. Like we were talking about earlier, like I've been advocating for more trauma-informed. I think the world needs to adopt it. Yeah. The whole world. But, you know, we can only do so much at a time. And it's just the fitness industry in general. I just think that we're we're in the people business. Right. And we have to be very careful about what we do and say when we have these people in front of us, like you said, because we could be saying something that isn't really helpful. Yeah, you know? or, or even harmful. And you don't know who's walking into your gym, right? Like even if you're not leading specifically a trauma-informed boxing class, right? Yeah. Like people know what they're coming for with that. Yeah. But you're just leading some regular class. Like how many of those people walking in are carrying stuff mm-hmm. to where if they are coached in a certain way, it's not necessarily going to be helpful. And that's not to be like, oh, everyone's out here harming people all the time. But it's, it really adds such a layer of safety and intentionality when you have that knowledge that you're bringing in. Exactly. And that was the thing. It's the intentional boxing training system that I created. When that happened, I went to the professionals for help. Yeah. And I learned different things, different words and different modalities of different approaches just so I could understand. Like, I don't come in, I don't bring people in to try to do therapy with them. Mm-hmm. I just make sure that when they leave me, they're better mm-hmm. than when they walked in. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there doing good work, doing great work. But we all, I think it's, I think it's really important that we, we get a little bit more in tune in what this, what this trauma-informed thing is all about. And right. because we all experience it. Yeah. It's hard. I, I've never met anybody. You ever met anybody that did didn't have any trauma? Zero trauma. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The trauma of everyday life, right? Exactly. It's everywhere all the time. And I think that we need to be a more understanding culture of people. And I also think that even if someone is not necessarily coming to boxing or whatever physical thing they're doing primarily for their trauma healing, they might be coming because they're depressed, they're anxious, they want to build more confidence. And it's still helpful yeah. to have that lens that you're meeting people in. It's kind of like a, it's like an added benefit. It just gives you an opportunity to just help people on, on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in the fitness industry, they want to be that. And I think it's something that we learned in the very beginning when we get our certifications is to stay within our practice. And a lot of us, we want to do more. And sometimes when we try to do more, we end up doing less. Yeah. You know, like we just end up doing less. And so, and that's kind of what ended up happening with me in, in becoming more informed is I actually end up doing less. But when I do say something, it's very intentional. Sure. Yeah. And you know how to provide that while staying in your lane. And like you said, I'm not a therapist. This is complimentary. If you're in therapy, you're doing whatever, like this is absolutely going to support that. But also you're not out here like telling people what they should eat and all that. Like what are all these fitness people who are not dietitians out here telling people what they should eat? It's just a pet peeve. It's it's, (laughs) It's too much, to be honest. And I think it's just, it's the fitness industry is extremely competitive. And if you work with any marketing company in the fitness industry, that's the first thing they say. Oh, well, uh, you need to do something to set yourself apart. You got to do a meal plan with this and you got to do this. Even what I eat every day. Yeah, and you got to yeah. do a 12 week, got to do a 12 week program. And you got to do all this other stuff. And it's like, well, why can't we just help people exercise? <laughs> you know, like, why, why can't that just be like, hey, like, you want to exercise? You want to feel better? Yeah. You know, you want to get move your body? You want to move your body? <laughs> Come hang out. Yeah. I mean, but it doesn't need to be all this, all this extra stuff. And I think it's just, like I said, the world is so competitive. Yeah. And and fitness professionals, when we hear that, we're like, oh, man, like, I really do need to do all these things. And it's like, no, no, you really don't. Right. Stay in your lane. Yeah. So in the boxing world, is this still like a pretty new thing? Or are there places that are cropping up in some of the cities that are doing similar things to healing meds? Or when you tell people in the boxing world about what you're doing, are they like, Huh? You think that's going to work? Well, I think that there's a lot of people out there that see the mental health benefits of the sport of boxing. And there are mental health benefits, but they don't think about the world of trauma that brings people into boxing. Mm -hmm. And, And so there are some programs out there, but it's really just boxing. You know what I mean? And and like I've reached out to several different gyms. Yeah. And a lot of them are like, oh, no, we do that already. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. You know what I mean? And yeah, great. Can you send me over a pamphlet? Tell me a little right. bit about exactly what the curriculum is. And they're like, oh, no, we can't do that. And, and your instructor's providing it. What kind of training have they done? It's, yeah. It's just like I said, at the end of the day, it's, it's just boxing training. Sure. Yeah. Like, like I said, we've gone the extra mile. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. 
you know, we've educated ourselves on these specific things mm -hmm. and it just helps us be better instructors, better people. And it really helps. Like it really does. I really do believe it does. Cause yeah, I've gotten a lot better as a coach since learning all of that all the time. Yeah. I bet. Cause you can probably tell if someone is in that super hyper aroused, like their nervous system is hijacked and you're probably like, well, I don't actually want to make that worse. Like let's, Let's come down for a minute, right? <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. Like, okay. Step away from the bag. Let's just, hey, okay, we're going to take this round. Mm -hmm. You're going to take 10 deep breaths. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, what? What do you mean 10 deep breaths? Like, you're going to try your best to take 10 <laughs> deep breaths in three minutes. What do you mean? Like, slow it down. Let's just slow this down for a while. Get, yeah. you, get you to a more even state so we can get back to what we're doing. Because, like, whoa. Right. Yeah. If you haven't already heard of this book, um, there was a book that came out in the past couple of years called Healing Trauma One Rep at a Time by Laura Kudari. I had her on the podcast a few months ago. Um, she lives in New York and she's a trainer. And at the time that she was going through trying to figure out how can I bring trauma-informed work into my training, that kind of training didn't exist. So she went out and did somatic experiencing training and kind of integrated that coming from like a background of powerlifting and Olympic lifting. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's really cool. I think probably you and your clients would really enjoy that book because it's not all about lifting specifically. Mm -hmm. It's about finding a movement practice that mm -hmm. you are in charge of and that, you know, your people, your trusted people, your coach, whatever can support you in as part of your healing. Oh yeah. I haven't heard of, heard of it, but yeah. glad I did because I'm going to go pick it up. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So... Can you help any of us listening, including myself, who has very little knowledge about boxing as, as a sport? Because it's like, okay, well, we know we've got kickboxing, which I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. We know we've got like shadow boxing. What does that even mean? There's no bag, I guess. We know we've got, what do you call the rink? What do you call that big pad out there? It's a ring. It's a ring. Okay. <laughs> Eating ring. Um, so you got the boxing ring where there's actually people like wearing mitts hitting each other i guess like what are the different styles and how do people find what type of boxing they might be open to versus i don't know if i want to step into a ring and have somebody hit me in my world there's one boxing okay i love that and it's the sport of boxing mm -hmm. now at the end of the day what do you want to do with it mm -hmm. now you just want to do it to get in shape okay no problem you you want to do it for cardio okay no problem there's one boxing yeah you know what i mean and you can do more of certain types of moves or yeah, drills you know just want to get in shape then we can make it aerobic yeah you know what i mean but it's still boxing yeah you know what i mean sure. and the fitness industry and the marketing and stuff like that has kind of made it into a bunch of different genres right but make like, something proprietary slap a brand on it yeah just like i said the education part yeah you know being educated by marketing is just mm -hmm. it's not really education but it's one boxing now. Do you want to? Do you want to spar? Yeah, that would be the next step. It's like you learn the the basics, the fundamentals, the footworks. The same way world champion learns, an everyday person should learn. Mm. God forbid, maybe one day you're in a situation and you might need to I use it. those skills. And people ask me all the time, "Do you teach self defense?" I say, "No, I teach boxing." Mm. <laughs> I always try to tell people it's like the best when it comes to self defense stuff. It's like common sense. Sure. There's no seminar that you can do with some karate black belt down the street yeah. where someone's got you in a rear naked choke 
That is what you exactly do. Exactly what you do. Right. If you've gotten yourself in that position, you're in a, you're in big trouble. Right. It, it, um, training is great. Don't get me wrong, but you're in big trouble. Yeah. Well, that's why I say, like, common sense, I teach boxing. Right. If you ever need to use it. It could be used for self-defense. And just like the little thing, yeah. right? Like, even if you're not intentionally teaching as self-defense, but you've done your boxing and like I told you, even my like very little exposure, it's like, okay, if I'm used to holding my hands here and I'm used to paying attention to guarding my face and being aware where my face is, that's probably going to serve me should I ever need it. Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely serve you. But it's nice to hear that you could be a person who's interested in that, whether it's, like you said, for fitness reasons or for healing reasons and wanting to feel strong and empowered. And that doesn't mean that you have to spar if no. you don't want to spar. No, yeah. If you don't want to spar, you don't got to spar. Yeah. I recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in an hour or so, we have a technical sparring. Yes. Which is controlled sparring. We limit things. You will get hit, but you won't sustain those heavy blows. Sure. But like sometimes you need that practical just to see what it feels like. That really serves you in the realm of stress tolerance too. Somebody just hit me. I'm not going to get angry. Yeah. And I'm not going to try to hit it, punch him with all my might. I'm just going to touch back. It just kind of helps you. It helps train you even more so. I bet. It, it gets deeper and deeper. The, the further you go down, this, down the rabbit hole of boxing or towards the side of competition, the more benefits you, you can gain. Yeah. Now, competition. Once you take the step into competition, that's when things get dangerous. <laughs> that's when you actually get the physical head trauma. Yeah, But all the way up until that point, technical sparring, all that good stuff, there's nothing but benefit. I think that just hearing you say all of that and thinking about the importance of, you know, having a coach who understands, who's like aware of those things. For example, you can probably tell the person who walks in who you can tell they need to build a sense of strength and confidence, right? Like like it might serve them to know that, hey, I can get hit mm-hmm. and I'm going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? Versus a person who maybe they overadapted in the opposite direction and they just take hits constantly. They're constantly overworking, overfunctioning, overdoing it, mm-hmm. and they need to learn how to rein it in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting because I, was, I met with a, a therapist yesterday and he said one of his colleagues was a boxer mm. and he said he was so good at it because he was so angry mm. and i said when i find those guys i yeah. teach them how to refine that right because it's train the dragon it's yeah it's not it's just it's just not anger and aggression it's it's controlled anger and aggression like we all have emotions mm-hmm. and they need to learn how to deal with those things you know yeah. what i mean because like and that life without emotion. Right. That's allowing it to be expressed, like literally moved through the body expressed, but not doing it in a rageful way of like, I want to hurt you. It's like, I, I want to use my skills here and I want to allow this power to come through my body, but I'm not trying to hurt you as a person. Yeah. And you're, you learn this yeah. control, this self, this self-control. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, it's weird because there's almost like a disconnect between the boxing world and the martial arts world. Yeah. And they're the same. <laughs> they're really the same. It's like people put their kids in martial arts so they can learn discipline. Mm. People bring in their like hyperactive kids to boxing gyms because they want us to calm them down. But like I said, it's the same thing. Like you get, we, we're not going to calm them down. Yeah. We're going to teach them how to manage their emotions. Yeah. How to regulate. Know, how to regulate. That's what we're going to teach them how to do. So 
like I said, yeah. there's kind of a disconnect. And I'm hoping that I kind of bring the world, these two worlds together. Yeah. And then throw on that layer of, hey, people go through stuff and you need to be very careful about how you handle people. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. Last couple of questions. One, if someone is listening to this and they are interested and maybe they don't live in Nashville or wherever where there's like an option for actual trauma-informed boxing. If they were to just go to any kind of boxing studio, what would be something important to look for or to even ask for? If they want to learn boxing? Yeah, if they want to learn boxing, but they want to do so in a way that really honors their own bodily autonomy. And if they are carrying trauma, a place that feels like it's going to respect that. Well, this is the best way I think I can answer the question is because I can't speak for the boxing gym sure. across the world. But if you're experiencing, you want to be more empowered, if, if you're not working with a therapist, mm -hmm. that will be my recommendation for you. Yeah, bring in that piece too. Bring in that piece. And that way you kind of have somewhere to... Say, so, yeah, been, you know, how's boxing going? It's, it's going good. I noticed that I'm real angry. Oh, well, when you feel real angry in there, what do you do? What's the best way for you to handle that? Oh, okay, maybe take some deep breaths. And remember, you're doing something great for yourself right now. You know, right. you need to be angry about it. Like, you don't have to go in there and smash the bag. Maybe you do that. Maybe yeah. You or even like a lot of the people that I work with who have trouble accessing their anger or allowing themselves to express it oh man you better believe i'd be sending them to you oh, yeah. so that i could be like i can't necessarily have them scream and hit things loudly in my office yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i've got i've got a pillow and a bat they can use but for that really powerful stuff like to be able to access that and to have a place and outlet where they can carry that forward and play with it, you yeah. know, even if it feels hard to begin with. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's kind of that's. And yeah. So that's what I would recommend. Okay. Like, make sure that you're working with somebody as a professional. Yeah. And maybe you do go to a boxing gym that somebody has some more training or something like that. I think the chances are kind of low right now. Right. Sure. But there are teachers of the sport that that understand that understand the sport. Yeah. But it's probably going to come to you in code. Sure. And that would be my last question is what would you tell any personal trainers or boxing coaches who maybe don't have that background? I mean, I don't know why they'd be listening to this podcast. They probably do. <laughs> but if they don't, but they're curious about it, like where should they start or what's just something really important for them to understand fundamentally? Well, start looking within. Mm. you know, and thinking about your, your own story, your own trauma, and work through that. Get the experience of healing through your own stuff. Yeah. And, and through that, hopefully you can gain empathy for your, the person in front of you. Cool. You know, that's what I would say. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Tell me what you think about this. If we were to go out into the gym, and do like five minutes of something and just get a sense, get a little clip for people to hear, like in the gym, hear the noise, hear kind of what it sounds like for you to coach someone through a few, few little things. You down? I'm down. Let's do it. All right. Sweet. Hop in there. So we're going to do two rounds. Okay. We're going to work on two punches. Uh, why? Because if you look over there, 12 punches in the system. Okay. No reason to work on all 12 today. Okay. Especially since we're doing yeah. a little bit. Sure. So we're going to do a couple of rounds. All right. Um, 
favorite part. I'm gonna just keep this yeah, close to us. All right. All right. You right or left handed? Right. Right hand. Okay, so what I want you to do is take, yep, take that right leg right back behind you. Bend your knees. Bring those knees up. Down. Okay. First thing. Keep going. Back and forth. Okay. Ready? That's the one? Not yet. What I want you to do is I want you to lean towards that. Okay. Lean this way. Yeah. Keep the chin down. What you're gonna do is you're gonna lift the hip. Yeah. But keep the head down. There you go. Uh huh. That's it. Breathe. Good. Uh huh. Right there. The other side. Put your weight on your back leg. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Keep that chin down. listening to my lack of coordination um, just wanted to remind you since we are ending with this part that you can find Cleveland online at healingmitsboxing.com and on Instagram at clevelandh.boxing I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you feel moved to share it with someone you think would love it that would mean so much to me for show notes, as well as a transcription of this and previous episodes, head over to www.gaiacenter.co. That's G-A-I-A center.co. You can follow us on Instagram at the Gaia Center and follow me at Val K. Martin, V-A-L-K-A-Y Martin. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter. Look for the link on our website where we'll share about groups and events we're offering locally in Nashville, as well as tips and resources from our therapists that we hope will be valuable and relevant wherever you may be listening from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.